Welcome to the latest episode of Nerds Amalgamated. Hope you're having a wonderful day, wonderful week, wonderful life. With me today, I have the Professor. How you going, Professor? I'm going pretty well. You're very un- hesitant to respond there. Is there something? <laughs> yeah. No, I accidentally hit mute. <laughs> Happens to the best of us, being me. It hasn't happened to me before. <laughs> And with me, I have the DJ. Hey, guys. You're very quiet there, DJ. Are you oh. Are you feeling a bit ashamed? No, I just like to be quiet. What's wrong with being quiet? Okay, I know you, and there's no way you like to be quiet. You can't be quiet <laughs> normally. It's, we have to tell you to use your indoor voice. We have that's to what train you to be quiet so you wouldn't wreck your microphone. <laughs> Hey, I just uh, hey, I I'm always loud because I project my voice after so many years of being in speech and drama. You're in speech uh, and drama. Once upon a time, it yes. explains it explains so much. <laughs> Can we call you Honestly, a, dra- a drama? Really. Queen, yeah? I thought you had to be able to act to be in drama. Well, when I was a kid, I no, no, to- no, 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 no. You don't have to be able to act. After all, look at a lot of the stuff that's called acting these days. <laughs> and most of them involve a green screen or two. Especially well, those Marvel just... movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also, um, what is it? Home and Away? <laughs> Home and Away. Oh, seriously. Oh. Sounds like you had, you had you just saw an episode of Home and Away and just went, what was I watching? No, no, no. <laughs> um, even suggesting that is paramount to, like, Proposing torture. I, I watched the, the start of the very first episode when it first came on, and it was my brother's choice, and I just looked at my brother and I just said, you're a weirdo, and got up and walked out. Honestly, you probably haven't missed much. They're probably still going over the same plot lines from 30 years ago. Well, I don't know. Like I was working with a group of blokes at one place, and they were all young fellows, and they were all talking about it. And I said, you're watching this because you're girlfriends, right? And they said, no, we enjoy it. I quickly replaced those guys because I was a little bit unsure of them after that. I actually did watch the first few episodes of Home Away, and they were much more riveting to watch than the current Home and Away, which is just basically, oh, he cheated on this guy, and he, she cheated on that guy, and they all lived happily ever after. Wasn't that the start of Home and Away anyway? No, nah, Home and Away was basically in, was initially just a new family just coming hang on, into hang on. the new No, 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 no. No, no, we're not talking about that. No. This I got is the nerd podcast, not the Home and Away podcast. <laughs> this isn't the drama queens. Anyway, um, first up, we have, well, oh, apparently I've put myself first this week. Um, Here you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, apparently when we did the meeting, we forgot to organise this, and so the DJ just put me first. And himself last. He wants to save himself to be last. <laughs> Talk about ego. <laughs> anyway, um, first up, we have a story about how um, researchers and engineers and environmentalists and all sorts of people are proposing the use of solar farms to create um, wildlife habitats, etc., to protect endangered species and also for flora and fauna 
But so, I thought green energy killed all the wild animals, Bucky. No, no, that's part of the flat earth theory. Um, this this particular study here, here that I've got the article for is from, from England, but I've also seen um, Japan is doing similar, where they're actually doing um, floating solar farms and um, using it to protect, like, to prevent um, excessive evaporation in summer months and also to reduce the cooling requirements because it, sitting on the water, it helps to keep them a bit cooler. And uh, if I remember correctly, solar panels are more efficient when they're cool. Yes, from what I understand as well. Um, so green energy is green in more ways than one. Um, on here, the part of the thing that we got for the statistics is um, struggling species such as tree sparrows, which have seen numbers fall by 94% in the last 40 years. Turtle doves, seen an 89% reduction in numbers. Um, using these green habitats should help provide homes for them. And England's one of the countries that's actually pretty good at looking after green space. So, yeah, I, I reckon we should be looking at doing similar here in Australia. What do you reckon, guys? Yeah. Green I'm energy. All solar and wind energy. Yeah, but I what agree. What about tidal I... flow? Yep, that too. See, There's less places that are suitable for it, but it's still a really good solution. See, guys, I'm all for, like, green energy in terms of how we can replace coal. But the problem I'm seeing is it's not really helping out in the current, in the current model. Like, you look at Adelaide, for example. They totally adopted their um, power structure to green energy. And in a matter of months, it just crumbled. People were just mad at, at the rolling blackouts. And, and Yeah, but this is because it wasn't implemented properly. If you look at – there's other countries where – They've got higher energy usage and they're putting Australia to shame. Um, I think Denmark and Norway are producing more more electricity than what they need nationally now from green energy. Yeah, the Scandinavian countries tend to do that. So, and even Germany, I think 70, or it was 70% of their total national energy was from um, green energy, but they've improved it. So, yeah, like um, Denmark are just absolutely killing it on the renewable energies because they've got um, solar, wind, and hydro, which will be tidal flow. So, and we're from the sunburnt country, so we should be able to plenty of solar power and so forth. And by putting them solar panels actually above waterways would help to, re- and on dams, would actually help to reduce evaporation and counteract the um, effects of drought. Yeah. But then here's the, pro- here's the thing, though. Comparing South Australia to, like, Denmark and stuff, isn't it, isn't it like comparing um, a big country, to a big like a big country like China to Japan in terms of the size? Yeah, but um, when you look at the amount of usage, Denmark's usage would be much higher than what South Australia's is. South Australia has only just gone half-hearted into it. Whereas if they like, they put in proper solar farms and also wind turbines and um, tidal flow generators, they should be able to... Like, I've seen plans for tidal flow generators that can provide enough electricity just along the eastern seaboard to power the entire country. And that means pumping the electricity from the east coast of Australia to the west coast. 
Wow, so even taking into account transfer issues, it's still producing yeah. that much power. Yeah, like you can, because you can put um, the tidal flow generators out. So they're sitting, you remember we were talking about the, um, what's the name? Google was looking at doing a um, oh, server farm. Oh, they data center? Well, they were looking at doing one on board a ship off the coast right. years ago. Um, even the underwater one. Um, that uses tidal flow generator yeah. technology. Um, someone adapted similar sorts of things so that you can have basically a massive t- like tidal flow generator because tidal flow isn't actually governed by tidal, like the, the tides, it's just the flow of the water. So you can even have it in rivers. So, yeah, um, the amount because when you look at the flow of water running between Australia and New Zealand, the, the pressure it produces is pretty intense. So all you have to do is just put it in key locations and have decent-sized units operating, and you can produce tons of electricity. And you can, we got, we're on a massive island, so, yeah, we can produce enough electricity that we can power the entire country. Yeah, I wonder if there's anything to be done for um, uh, the this ocean south of Tassie, because that would be a really good place for offshore wind turbines. Yeah, but it's once again, it just comes down to the matter of transference, but... Like you could produce, like we, we got plenty of areas where we could put um, wind turbines on tops of mountains and so forth. And there's some there. There's there's actually new ones that um, are bladeless. Have you seen those? Yeah, I think I have. Um, like yeah, it's I'm, I'm I know I'll probably harp on a little bit too much sometimes about um, green energy, but we got got to start doing something smarter rather than just doing the same thing and then complain when it doesn't change. After all, there was some idiots who were sitting in the middle of um, peak hour traffic this morning to protest about. Oh yeah, the canoes. Oh, that was. And so they had the other other two morons who super glued themselves to the road. <laughs> the other morning. Oh, didn't you hear about that? No, I missed that. Um, two two nutters, and I mean, you got to be a nutter to think that just super gluing yourself to the road is going to work. Um. Yeah, they super glued themselves to the road. I think it was um, not far from the convention centre. And, yeah, so, yeah, the Vortex bladeless system um, the protest just was oscillates. So protest was so bad. Like, I can understand wanting Germany, to protest. They shut down an entire um, coal, <clears throat> coal mine. Yeah, they um, went into the pit. They only shut it down for um, an hour or two. And only in the area where those that where those people were. Yeah, like it was literally like I think it was um ten to twenty percent of the operations were halted, and everything else just continued. So yeah. Anyway, it's really unfortunate um, that Germany's shutting down their nuke stations. Not really, because like nuclear power does produce a heap of electricity and energy, but the they haven't improved it enough really to make it like a, a, a truly viable source for the long term yeah the thing is since germany shut shutting down their nuke stations they're switching back to coal yeah that is a shame although they they were doing um green energy that they had um solar farms and all that sort of stuff happening as well they've been investing heavily into a lot of that like um i remember with greece when they're having all the troubles they the germans were actually wanting to put massive solar farms in greece to help with reducing the cost of electricity for the country but they're 
they wanted to make sure it was retained as being controlled by Germany just so that they could ensure it wasn't being ripped up and stolen and sold sold off. And the Greeks didn't want that. So, yeah. Well, they did. Well, the, the reason why Germany were trying to um, shut down the nuclear plants in the first place was because Fukushima, because of what happened in Fukushima. And they were saying, oh, crud, if what happened in Fukushima could affect us, we'll be even more screwed. So we're going to shut down their most nuclear power plants. Yeah. Um, look, honestly, Fukushima is scary because of the simple fact if you actually, there's um, areas there now where they're doing, like they're showing the constant um, tidal drift of all the um, stuff leaking out of Fukushima. So basically any seafood you eat at the moment that's come out of the Pacific Ocean is contaminated. I thought that was mostly a non-issue now since they managed to get it contained. No, it's still leaking stuff apparently. Okay. Um, like they've contained most of it, but they're still, like they're saying like there's one cancer death attributed to radiation exposure since 2011. Yeah, but... Um- Considering the circumstances, it's been a pretty good uh, clean-up. Oh, the Japanese are just they're brilliant with how they do things, but there's reports of stuff leaking out. How accurate they are, I I question some of the reports that I see. Well, but, the new um, movie was more of a documentary. Yeah. Well, there's, there is problems where they think that there is that. And also, have you seen the um, stuff about... Um, uh, what's that Russian one that had the problems? Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Yeah, new HBO series that um, I've been meaning to watch. Well, it's still, so, well, so, um, so from what I've gathered, it's, it's still leaking in Fukushima on the very small amounts, apparently. Yeah, like there's, you see pictures coming through every now and again on Facebook that shows that it's um, like technically the Great Barrier Reef is saving the East Coast of Australia from annihilation. Maybe that's Maybe that's what we need to blame for uh, global warming. That and the hair, that and the hairspray of all the ladies from the eighties. <laughs> God dang CFCs! But yeah, um, the amount of hairspray used in Greece is enough to wipe out a small island nation. The amount of what they used in Greece? Hairspray. Yeah. Before that fifties hair. Yep. Um, like honestly, it's yeah. We need to start working smarter rather than just constantly doing the same things so yeah anyway i suppose we should probably move on otherwise we'll people will think we're actually part of greenpeace <laughs> nobody wants that well at least we're not off with the fairies <laughs> that's hey, the hey. worst shout out i've ever heard come on there's nothing wrong with being off with the fairies have you listened to their podcast not yet but i'm going to before I remember to edit in the uh, promo bit here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally going to forget that. Uh, I'm pretty sure you weren't. Hi, I'm Morgan Phillips and I'm a human. And I'm Isabella Vallette and I'm also a human. But I was raised by fairies. And now I'm taking my human friend Morgan in to meet all of the mythological creatures that I know. Every Sunday we meet a new mythological creature and interview them about their life in a modern day context. Such as... The Night King from Game of Thrones. Funicula, the friendly vampire brother of Dracula. We've met the Loch Ness Monster. Santa. The Volpertinga. The Devil. And a mermaid. And many more. We release all our interviews as a podcast called Off of the Fairies, where we interview a new mythological logical creature every week living in a modern day world come join us oh, that's not kind of productions podcast so um after 
that fabulous ad. Um, yeah, definitely, guys. Give them a listen and say hello. So, yeah, um, next story we have up is... Uh, sorry, I just changed my screen. I think it's you, isn't it, Professor? Yes, it is. With child soldiers. Yeah, so spoilers for the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare game, which is not Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1, which came out in like 2010, or Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered, which came out in 2017, but Call of Duty Modern Warfare, because original titles are a thing. But that only matters if you're one of the people who cares about the story in the COD game. So the new new COD Modern Warfare game has a level based around being a child soldier. You see your mother die, and then with your brother, you run around and fight off Russians who are trying to um, to kill you with a screwdriver. You're not picking on the the Russians again, are you? No, I'm not. (laughs) Vladimir Putin, please don't assassinate me. I was just going to say, like we, we we were talking before the show that we're, we're probably in the bad books with um, America and China. We don't need to add Russia to it. They do actually kill you. They poison you in the middle of a shopping centre. Uh, especially with an umbrella tip. Yep. No, so no, umbrella tip was actually the English. Really? The ricin, the um, ricin <clears throat> assassination? No, not ricin. The umbrella thing was, uh, I thought it was a radioactive element. Polonium, I think. Um, I can't, the umbrella tip, I... The original one, I think, was actually cyanide, and it was on um, the bridge going across the River Thames towards... Um, yeah, it was a Bulgarian dissident in on Waterloo Bridge stabbed with a, um umbrella containing a pellet of ricin. It was ricin, was it? Ah, yes. there you go. But also, uh, they poisoned Alexander Litvinenko with polonium tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, pistols, poisonous plants. There's a lot of dodgy deaths here. <laughs> so, ba- so, in- so basically, what we gathered here is they will make a they will make a murder look like a suicide. Yeah, or an accident, or make it very deliberate. But anyway, mm-hmm. the um, the COD game has a level where you play as a child and you stab a Russian with a screwdriver, and it's kicked off all this controversy about it because people were think it's out of place in the uh, plot of Modern Warfare. And it reminds me of, uh, I think, in 2011, Modern Warfare 2, I think, had the level where you shoot up an airport and the developers were like, it's okay, you can skip this level. It's not part of the, like, you don't have to play it to get the story. And that and this one both got me thinking of, well, got me thinking of that and whether it's correct for them to be putting this into the game if they're not going to make it a focus in the story. Mm-hmm. Something like Spec Ops The Line has shooting civilians, but it's a, a key point in the story. You can't skip it. And then this has a, uh, a silly boss fight where you stab the guy, run away and hide, run back and stab him again. And let me guess, the boss fight is a seven-year-old with a crayon? <laughs> No. Okay. It's a uh, Russian soldier. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, look, honestly, with the, the, the whole issue surrounding child ch- ch- child soldiers is pretty terrible. Um, I actually worked with a bloke who was a refugee from Sudan, and he had been a child soldier. And he was one of the loveliest blokes I've ever met. Like, he was just he was just happy to be able to be alive 
and just live a normal life. And um, he, he was one of those kids that the um, militia or whatever they wanted to call themselves um, attacked the village in the middle of the night and killed all the adults and took all the women and did what they did. Um, he was forced to kill his father and to be able to protect himself and his two younger brothers. And, yeah, they were forced to become child soldiers. And he's the only one that's still alive as far as I've heard last. But, yeah. And then there's um, one of the boys who studied at QUT, who's now teaching, I think it's University of Western Sydney or something. Um, Songs of the War Boy um, is a book that he wrote, and it talks about his situation as a child soldier. So, yeah. If you only put it in the game, make it so that it's part of it and actually shows the whole horror of what's happening. Yeah, I think it's a, a very difficult topic to cover in a game or a movie or anything, really. But the way they're treating it from these preview articles doesn't seem like a very um, sensitive way to do it. Because <clears throat> mm. even... Uh, what was that show? Um, Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron Blooded Orphans. I think they even... They, they approached the issue of um, child soldiers and how despicable it is. Yeah. So. Although I will say this, this that whole article reminds me of um, recently when, when the trailer initially dropped, um, one of the um, games journalists, um, Dean Takahashi, wrote a very... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Very interesting articles about um, how Call of Duty Modern Warfare is ta- it's taking war to a frightening direction and how killing women is a bad uh, is a bad game directive and it should not happen and like he was he was the mess the message in that article was very co- convoluted and well, was- to be fair COD isn't taking gaming anywhere they're several years too late we've had Spec Ops the Line um, this War of Mine and countless other games that have covered this sort of thing before. Hmm. But he was, but Takahashi in in this article was saying like, "Oh, I'm not advocating for um for the game to be cancelled, but do we really need to play this game?" I'm, I'm like, "So, what are you trying to say?" Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. What what, do you, what what are you what are you trying to say? I'm just saying that like. Speak here, up, man. Here, Speak I'm, up, boy. This isn't an ASMR channel. All I'm trying to say is that we're getting g- games journalists are trying to dictate what games should be, and that should not happen. That's the problem we're yeah, seeing. In- everything's going to have someone whinging about it. This, movies, pretty much anything's going to have a whinger. Yeah, agree. The way I see it is that the artist should make what they want to make, and if it tells an intense story like like Call of Duty's trying to do, <clears throat> so be it. Mm-hmm. But there's also got to be a certain level of sensitivity, which it doesn't sound like God's doing very well. well you've also got to take a certain amount of um, personal responsibility for what you 
choose to be involved with. If you don't agree with something like this, don't play it. Like, there's plenty of other options out there that you can go for that don't have this sort of thing. So if you don't agree with it, don't play it. But they're not making money out of it. They're not going to keep doing it, are they? Yeah, and but- it's a COD game. And I think the last couple of years, COD has released the story and the multiplayer as separate units, so you only need to install one at a time. So mm-hmm. if you just want to play the COD multiplayer, just download that. Because um, there's also one... I saw earlier on today someone was complaining somewhere about, like, someone did done this big post in one of the nerd chat rooms that I go into about how Batman is the biggest fake superhero and it's all a total lie and sham because there's no there's no way he's actually a superhero because if he isn't able to prepare for the villain, he doesn't stand a chance. If someone crops up that he's completely unexpected for, he, he, he loses and runs away in terror. And there's, he's not supposed to be able to beat Superman. There's no way he'd be able to beat anyone from the Marvel Universe. Quite big, huge rant. And the best part about it was the fact that at the end, there was a comment from someone responding to it going, <clears throat> um, yeah, sorry, but I, I love your passion, but you do realize this is only a work of fiction. And <laughs> my fictional character can beat your fictional character if I write it that way and draw it that way. And I just thought, oh, just... Such a simple response. So, yeah, people are getting too used to trying to dictate to everyone else what everything's supposed to be and not just focusing on, you don't like it, don't be involved in it. But that's the, here's the problem, though. You got, like, EA saying that same line with Battlefield Five, and look how look what happened. Like Battlefield Five is just the worst was one it's classed as the worst game in one of the worst games. EA's losing tons and tons of money. And yeah, but that's not just the game. Yeah, to criticize Battlefield Five, considering Battlefront Two. Yeah, yeah. But it's not even just the game; it's also um, um what what do they call them now? Surprise mechanism. <laughs> the, the, the new euphemism for loot boxes. Hey, you said I'll that give um, if anyone brought up yeah. loot boxes, you'd kill them. So, yeah, um, I'm I'm wanting to. Don't worry. <laughs> and there is the person sitting that's sitting there talking quietly that he's the person responsible for this. So he's the one who brought it up. Once upon a time, but I didn't do it. You were the one that was saying. You no, well, you were leading there today. You know it. Anyway, oh. let's move along before um, the DJ gets shot. We've got a gun trained on him today. Um, DJ, you got a game you got for us. Um, I've got an interesting article. Um, so Speak up. I hope it's interesting. This isn't uh, boring articles, the podcast. <laughs> So Zoids, the um, the mecha um, the mecha manga series, has come up with a new one, and that's coming out in August. And um, this will be debuting in um, the in in the September issue in August. The new manga will be set in the future and will feature a new protagonist. And hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hmm? Don't read the article to us, man. Tell us about it, please. No. So it's basically. Um, more info will be revealed in in um, August in the August issue, in mid, which comes out in mid July. But yeah, so a new Zoid manga comes out. Hmm. So what's what's the best part about this that you can tell us? Zoid has been consistent in terms of they've been around for a long, long time. As in, um, they were very po- they were very popular in back in the nineties um, when. That's a that's a long, long time. Oh yeah, twenty years. Can, what can he say? <laughs> twenty years. 
I don't know. I remember stuff from back in the eighties and the seventies. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, they're, they're famous. Zoids was famous back in the back in the early two thousands with their um, anime series, um, like Zoids Chaotic Century, Zoids. I think it was Battle Arena. But um, yeah, they were they were all, they were pretty much famous before before the anime. They were famous for their um, model kits, and some of the model kits were huge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's pretty surprising to see. Um, so it's coming back uh, into the manga fold after so long. Do you ever what? Did you guys ever watch the uh, Zoid series? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. We got introduced. I saw some of it, but just never really got into it that much. It was just like some. It, it seemed too much of a takeoff of um, Ron and Transformers at the time. Yeah, they they were like like I said, they were around for a long time. But um, I used to watch um. So it's New Century Zero. Yes, that's one. New Century um, New Century Zero. There were that was the the storyline for that one was just basically like Pokemon. It's just oh my Zoid is better than you, your Zoid. Let's battle that kind of thing. Uh-huh. But yeah, um, like I said, it's great to see um, the Zoids franchise coming back after a long long hiatus. Awesome. Um, well, some, something to look forward to then. Um, what games have you been playing, Professor? I've been playing My Friend Pedro. It's a game where you play as a mute amnesiac lunatic talking to a talking banana. So it's Deadpool. Does Deadpool have bananas? No, but he talks to, but he has an invisible friend. See, but we don't tease you about it. He also has ridiculous um, aerobatic skills. Acrobatics, mm-hmm. actually. He uh, he does these fantastic ballet twirls when he dodges and shoots to both sides of him as he spins. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, the uh, I really enjoyed the whole game, and I'm actually playing back through it again on a harder difficulty. But I feel like the first half holds up much better than the second half because there's a lot more focus on stunts in the first half, but the second half becomes more of a puzzle platformer. Okay. Did you find it too challenging or just no. seeing him change the theme of the game? Yeah, it changed the pace and like I was in there for the um, the crazy stunts, really. Mm-hmm. I actually played that Link here um, sent us and yeah, I love, love the fact it starts off where he's at the bananas talking to him and says, don't worry, I'm wearing my special invisibility underpants. Oh uh, yes, I, I linked the Flash version of the game in the chat earlier which is um heavily stripped down it's from 2014 before the developer got picked up by devolver <clears throat> and he basically made this flash demo sort of with uh hardly any of the features that made it into the final game but it's still worth checking out it's a fun little um takes about 15 minutes to play yeah i love 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 the um sh- shoot him in the head it's all, it's all his fault that all these Boxes are littering up the place. It just doesn't deserve to be allowed to stay alive or whatever. Yeah, it's got a good sense of humour in the uh, the full game as well. Mm-hmm. So you definitely recommend the game then? Yeah, it's a lot of fun, even if the I didn't enjoy the puzzle part as much as the action part. But being able to ride a skateboard through a window into a building full of enemies and shoot them all on the way down is a lot of fun being <laughs> able to throw a frying pan at someone and then ricochet bullets off it to shoot his friend is fun <laughs> i definitely have to look at getting that one then um dj what have you been playing this week i've just been playing more combat 11 
still still liking that Shang, um, Shang Tsung car, um, DLC. Having fun, uh, trying to learn new combos off from it. And, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun so far. That's good. I'm just still committing assassinations in Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> I'm enjoying that. Um, well, moving along, we've got shout-outs. Um, it's 10 years since Michael Jackson died today, or this week. Um, yeah, uh, 30 years since Australia first connected to the internet. And that was yeah, back in the day. Connect- that was back in the days connect- when um, it was dial up <laughs> internet. I like how you two are trying to talk, <laughs> talk, but then it's it, it's just not coming out right. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Um, That's anyway, the kind of like the original. I'm sorry. You go first. Yeah. <laughs> we are not good at this tonight. Mm-hmm. The first connection was to Melbourne, which surprised me. I would have assumed it would run across the Pacific to Sydney. Mm-hmm. But um, this was this was back in the days for those the, the younger generation when it was dial-up. Oh, yes. Who could ever forget the dial-up ringtone? Yeah. And then if someone actually phones you on the phone, you dropped out of the internet, <laughs> which is fine because they share... If someone was being a pain to me and annoying me, I'd actually just ring up their um, modem and disconnect them from the internet. Remember, remember before um, Facebook and MySpace was a thing, there were things like IRC chat and ICQ, and they're still around. Yeah, I still use IRC. You still use IRC? That's amazing. Yeah, lots of people do. I always thought I um people would st- would just um abandon IRC and just go to like Facebook and Snapchat and all the modern social media. No, because nah. the anonymity is a lot stronger in IRC. Ah. Right, so it's got a much better sort of discovery mechanism. If you want to speak to someone on Facebook, you basically have to know them already. If you uh, just hop on an IRC server, you can just jump around and talk to people, print channels. Mm-hmm. And then uh, seriously, so there's more um, collaborations done through IRE and those sorts of platforms than pretty much anything else as far as gang science, all that sort of stuff. you, yeah, you got a lot of the people, they, they just they'll talk about different ideas and just bounce them off each other. It's also very lightweight. So um, we use it for scout events like the Jamboree of the Internet that's uh, run basically, well, 90% of it's on IRC. They've started bringing in other platforms in the last couple of years, but I think IRC's going to stick around for another 20 years. Remember how yeah. back in the 90s as well, there was the whole um, Napster and how that rev- how that ex- exploded file sharing? What's file sharing? You never heard of file sharing, like peer-to-peer file sharing. That sounds like something that could be illegal. I, you wouldn't I don't a card do that sort of stuff. Oh, such a boy scout, aren't you, Bucky? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, moving along, um, talking about Boy Scouts and guys who do good things and superheroes. Um, Batman is getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and he's the first superhero to do so. So, yeah, don't worry. Marvel will probably follow suit pretty soon and buy their way into having a star. I read, I thought they already did when Chris Hemsworth got nominated to get a star in Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, that's the actor. That's not his character. Ah, nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's not so you failed there, Marvel. <laughs> um, remembrances this week. It was actually um, uh, there was one of the the, the commander from um, one of the James Bond movies actually died just the other day. Um, 
Ah, yes. So is Article today. I can't remember who it was, though. You mean Roger Moore? Uh, no, not Roger Moore. It was, he was actually one of the submarine commanders where it's um, all the submarines are being captured. Uh, yeah, it's Brian Marshall. That's it. He was in which movie was it? Commander Talbot from The Spy Who Loved Me. That's it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that was this one that just came up today. Uh, oh, a couple of days ago, sorry. Um, we'll get that added into the show notes. Um, also, this week we have Jacques Cousteau, uh, French naval officer. Uh, it was his birthday just the other week. Um, yeah, lots of documentaries I remember watching. As a kid, and always loved it. He was co-developer in the Aqualong for Scooby Gear. Um, that was on the 25th of June. Also on the 25th of June, no, once again, we have Michael Jackson twice. Um, 25th of June, 2011, we have Annie Easley, um, a female um, computer scientist, mathematician, and rocket scientist. Um, I kind of... Yeah, unfortunately, at the time, it, it was a big deal. Um, she was a um, African-American who was involved in a lot of the stuff. So she died of natural causes in Cleveland, Ohio. Moving on to famous birthdays, 25th of June, 1903, uh, George Orwell, um, a crazy writer, essayist, novelist, critic, who's come up with some ridiculously cool stories um one which some governments seem to take as a guidebook is 1984 and use it to spy on us um june 25 1928 peo the belgian cartoonist best known for his comic strips the smurfs and johan and peewit in which the smurfs first appeared on june 25 1864 we have walter herman nernst the German chemist known for his work in thermodynamics, uh, physical chemistry, electrochemistry, and solid-state physics. So a Nobel laureate in chemistry. He is known for developing the Nernst equation. He was born in Briesen, West Prussia, which is now Rabschewno, Poland. And I know I've probably stuffed up the pronunciation of that, but please, Polish people, don't come and kill me. Um, events of interest, we have 23rd of June, 1989, Tim Burtman's Batman was released worldwide, and the world was a better place for it. Um, 25th of, uh, 24th of June, 1994, um, The Lion, is, is that The Lion King there, DJ? Yes, it, it is. It should be. Someone messed up the show notes again. As it says, the lion, the lion released was released worldwide. <laughs> No, it's the lion, as in a lion got out and ate everyone. <laughs> yeah, everything's just disappeared there. All right. Um, yeah, no, it was the, the lion, lion King released was released worldwide. You still haven't quite got it. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. You're suffering from post-assignment. You're suffering from post-assignment syndrome. Um, 25th of June, 1678, Venetian Lena Cornaro di is the first woman awarded a doctorate of philosophy when she graduates from the University of Padua. Um, yeah, go and take a look at this lady. She is ridiculously intelligent. Um, 
was looking at some pieces of, on her the other night, and yeah, she's um, she was multilingual. Um, she was going to pursue maths and mathematics and a lot of other things and sciences, and she was going to attempt to get a doctorate in theology, but was blocked by the bishop. But she was allowed to pursue a doctorate in philosophy, which she spent quite a lot of time presenting in multiple languages. She spoke. Lady Elena spoke for an hour in classical Latin, explaining difficult passages selected at random from the works of Aristotle, um, one from the posterior analytics and the other from physics. And she absolutely crushed all the competition and, yeah, achieved quite quite a lot. Um, so definitely worth, um, if you want to read about a lady who was ahead of her time, uh, definitely worth checking out. Just get back into the right location. Um, 25th, 25th of June, 2018, Harley-Davidson plans to shift some motorcycle production away from the US to avoid the substantial burden of European Union tariffs. So not all your Harley-Davidsons are American-made. Some of them are actually European. Ooh, that's going to suck. I can just imagine all the angry bikies. <laughs> I, I know a friend of mine who rides a Harley, and I'm going to give him grief now. <laughs> I'm going to say, you know, you always pick on European-made motorcycles as being garbage. How much are your Harleys actually made in Europe? <laughs> Probably the better part. Thank you. I'll take pride in that. Um, Anything else we got to add in, guys, that I may have missed? Um, Nah, nothing. I've got nothing. You got nothing. You're not going to do a rant about Chinese hackers? Uh, Nope. Oh, no. No. Don't start it. (laughs) Um, What else you got to get for your bingo? Uh, We've got it because we've got the shout out for Off with the Fairies. We didn't mention penguins yet. Bingo, we got bingo. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, actually, I saw I was actually saw something the other week about penguins being thieves. That's something I've seen before in a documentary, but it's yeah. If you're ever sitting at a beach and you're trying to build a pile of rocks, it seems that you never seem to be able to build a big enough pile. Just look around for a penguin because he's probably stealing your rocks to build a nest. Um, what else have we got? We have ways of contacting us. Um, what's our Twitter address? Twit. Uh, at an amalgamated um, email. Uh, Nerds.amalgamated at gmail.com. Um, where else can they find us, Professor? On Facebook at our Nerds Amalgamated page, uh, on that's not canon.com, and on Stitcher, iTunes, and wait, that's it, isn't it? Nope. Spotify as well. Spotify. Um, and anywhere where there's good podcasts. So if we're not on the on somewhere where you get podcasts, it's obviously they don't have good podcasts. Yep, if you can't find us and our friends, you're in the wrong place. But um, other than that, um, remember to look after yourselves, take care of each other, and stay hydrated. So, yep, that's the end of the episode for another week. It's it's Huru from me. See you guys. We'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.